This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to our edition of Talking Pop, the podcast and all things pop culture. I am your host of Franchise Course, joining my co-host, Biko. Hello. And we do have somebody joining us as well. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Rowan. <laughs> I know it's been a while since we had guests, guys, but... <laughs> I know it's been a while because, of course, now... Guess what? We're going back to lockdown possibly again. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you thought COVID-19 was, you know, under control. Now it's back with a vengeance. Now it's now the Delta variant. Now it's the sequel, basically, COVID-19 Delta. So now with that, now it's getting to the point where now, even though you're vaccinated... They're now requesting that you guys, everyone, wears masks indoors again. And so far, that I've seen so far, pretty much a lot of, like, city buildings are requiring it to wear masks. But I know in Vegas right now, for sporting events, they just announced that all sporting events in the county that Vegas is in, they are required to wear masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status. But so far, I think some employers are pretty much... Now to the point, even employers are now requesting everyone to get vaccinated. Like Disney announced that employees at the theme parks had to get vaccinated. Had to be 100% vaccinated. I think Netflix did the same thing too. Yeah. They are issuing vaccination mandates now. And like I said, I mean, guys, there's plenty of vaccines out there. Make an appointment. It's easy. Just Like I said, it's easy to sign up, you know, try to help curb this thing, you know. And it's like, you know, we were getting used to getting back together again, but it's like, um, because yesterday, going off a tangent, but like yesterday, we were supposed to have, like, our cousins were going to have, like, a christening for, you know, for our nephew, and, you know, we were looking forward to it, and all of a sudden, um, because they had the kid, like, in daycare for one day, apparently, like, she got a notification from the daycare that, that baby was possibly exposed near another infant that was that that tested positive for COVID nineteen, um, and also that the, one of the staff members well, had contacted with tested positive COVID nineteen, so she had to kind of like last minute changes. So pretty much it was pretty much like a small. They had like a little small table set up with just the snacks and stuff. All the, the desserts they were gonna offer at the party pretty much canceled the food, but they had like like you know little tokens and memorial memory things they were giving like plants like little succulent plants it was kind of cool and it was Leo um, our nephew was christening um, lucky for us the baby got tested and so far came out negative but the oh my god he was negative he was negative yeah, but good. he has to go like four more days again I think Tuesday again before he can go back to work no no the baby <laughs> did not go back to work but she, the baby's gotta get retested again just to make sure just to double check like you know because babies with you know their immune systems are barely growing yeah, you know, so, we start them early in America, guys. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, so basically, if you can breathe. You can probably like Tuesday again. He's got to get tested again. But baby's cute though. But it kind of sucks. They were looking forward to seeing everybody. I think I went. There's not that many people, but just drop by, drop off the gifts for the baby. Everyone wore masks, so social distancing. We were there for like a little bit. You know, I just got to see the baby and everything. So, but it kind of at a distance. So, yeah, it's getting to that point that we're going back again. Possibly to another lockdown. Yeah, I mean, we they 
the thing is, though, they were kind of saying it even as, like, a hypothetical back in, uh, I want to say that early part of spring, so even March and April, because they were calling it, like, well, the way these things play out in, in bursts or spurs, so, like, considering people, they kind of already saw people who are going to be prepared to go out in the summer regardless because of what, I guess you could say they're, like, fatigued from all this shit mm-hmm. from the past year, so it was kind of expected for people to kind of use the summer as time to be a little more liberal with their behavior and activities out in the wild so like considering Chicago being a pretty dense population of a city it was uh, something that the rest of our state was going to follow seeing Chicago as an experimental hub for whether or not they want to continue to follow the CDC's recommendations and be more stringent on it and now we're going to see that I think go into effect into the fall because that's going to be the best time to uh, I guess put a crush onto this shit from spreading is in the fall because people are going to you know reduce their time outside kind of fall back into other behaviors people aren't going to be we'll say spending for example we're not going to be doing taking less trips so maybe we're going to go back into that mindset again with mm-hmm. we'll be more open to the mask thing again even with the you know how like I think I don't know if you saw it but people are becoming uh, giving pushback to considering that they've taken the vaccine already why should we be taking masks procedures again and I think it's in one part to help be part of a symbol of helping others see that like look if the people who are vaccinated are wearing masks even if I'm not Vaccinated, I'm I'm not wearing a mask now. I not only do I look dumb mm-hmm. because it's not what we're trying to be. It's like I'm looking as as somebody who is not wanting to participate in the alleviation of this thing. Yeah, because we're already past the stage of that where it's going to be better. It's just we're now we just have to deal with it. So if this is one thing now, but it's like saying like, like even, that could be a way yeah. of helping people kind of ease into that instead of being as what you what people could be is a deterrent of you wanting to do that. Like, we're going to still see that. So, like, I mean, yeah, and that. people are going to say, oh, because people that got vaccine and COVID, but it's not as bad. It's not as bad as if you don't have it. Yeah, vaccine. but, like, we like, You'll have minor already, symptoms, but you won't, so. you won't have the heavy run of it anymore. Yeah. It's the same thing when you get a flu shot. You'll probably get the flu, but it's not going to hit you as hard. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing like that. But, yeah, because, like, I mean, last... Not this past weekend, but the weekend before was La Palooza, and I saw pictures of that. That was freaking. I don't know who was controlling that. That it looked was, like Black Friday at Best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> back in two thousand. And the only thing people that I understand you want to be <laughs> out, but at the same time, Hulu was offering like a free streaming weekend. So it's yeah, like, people were streaming it. Hulu was streaming it. If you had Hulu, yeah. you were be able to see it. Oh, man, you save yourself for as little as like six bucks. Like as long as you can watch it from the comfort of your home, yeah. it's like. At least you had to be out there because I couldn't imagine that was probably really bad. I don't know who that was. To me, it looked like it was poorly managed because it looked the way the aerial shots were. Looking. Oh, you couldn't imagine that. It, and was, it was so like it was so like it was like a sea of humanity. Well, you think about it. You have volunteers who worked at as far as trying to keep the peace, mm-hmm. and then you have security who are third parties who are paid or just contracted. They're not gonna. And there's too many people. It looked like it was like how Woodstock wanted to control like. Like STDs from spreading, there was no stopping that. <laughs> so like, it was just people, and that's the thing. Like, it was it was inevitable. Like they asked you, hey, if you have a, a card, 
to prove a negative test or you have a vax card. So, like, you could have given them a fake test. I don't think... You're asking the same people to authorize that shit to essentially be the authority of whether or not they're going to want people to have a good time or not. So, mm -hmm. they're not... You're not going to... They're not... There's not an incentive in it, dude. So, it's like... Illinois wanted the money. The city wanted the money. They knew what was going to happen. So, it's like... For them to be the ones who are like, oh, you better watch out and, and, and be prepared because we're going to go back into masks. But they're the ones who wanted the, the, the fair to happen anyways, the fest. Because mm -hmm. they want the money. So it's at the end of the day, it's like they're doing the same thing. They're, they're trying to be the superheroes, but also they're the part of the problem. Because yeah. it's like, well, they want people to be more considerate, but also, hey, spend that money for Lala because it it's a lot of money to the park and a lot of money to the city. So... They're always going to be capitalistic towards that shit. Um, so, but even then, we're going to still see businesses practice what they can. And if it is as far as just asking people to give them that option of wearing the mask, they can. And if you don't want to, you don't want to. So, at, at this point, I think it's going to be more or less that the city's going to carry that. That, uh, what would you call that? Ordinance at this point? You would call that I mean, I, mean, I heard now. A mandate, mandate. Mandate. There you go. Yeah, I mean, right yeah. now the mandates so far in different counties in Illinois. Right now, mm -hmm. so far I have limited just for like public buildings, like you know, city buildings. Right yeah. Now. Uh, it, it's uh, it'll be it be up to them to probably do a business. But I know a lot of employers already are going back to wearing masks. Like my employer already starting tomorrow. Is supposed to now if you're vaccinated or not, you have to wear a mask now again. At Amazon, they have to do that. Yeah. Oh fuck! And yeah. think about this, people. They, we just These got, are like and, humongous in, like facilities. Mm -hmm. and think about that, mm -hmm. and like even you have to wear a mask. Uh, same thing with me. I don't work with a lot of people, and they're most they're all vaccinated. Like I've only had my first shot, so it's like, and we're all doing the same thing, and it's a big spot. So it's like, or it's a big enough spot to where you don't the the transmission. Uh, what is it like they call it like the transmission uh, environment or something isn't as likely to happen. Because of like so you have wide space and even they are taking precautions. So it's like at that point as someone who's probably in a, like think about if you're comparing that to being at Lala, like it's like if there if your facility took the precautions just as much as the city opening it up, mm -hmm. it's 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 like I don't I don't know what other other proof to give to other people who are still on the fence of things at this point, you know. Because I was one, of the, I was one of those people who were giving it time to see how things played out, and if my circumstances called me to get the shot, then I'll take the shot. Mm -hmm. So, as someone who took their time and made the decision themselves to do it at the same time, I'm like on that fence for those people who may feel like, oh, I'm, I don't want to take it just yet and stuff. But it's like at this point, I don't know what gives anymore. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I don't know. As someone who's seeing it, like, what other reason do you need? Like, unless the spaceship came down, it's like, stop everything. Don't take, like, unless JC Superstar came down right now and said, stop the, stop the presses. Finally, I'm sick of this shit America's, ha like, going through and, and the rest of the world. Like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, because now our country's going back again. They're right. going back to lockdown. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, if we get to that point, because we all know it, the, the farm, the pharmaceutical companies know it. We're, they're ready for, they're ready for the booster shots. They're ready for people to just, they're want, they want the profits. And if this is, if they, our government does too. And they also want, they also have the incentive of keeping people healthy and safe. Mm -hmm. As a humanity, 
as a whole. So like, at this point, like there, if we're already shipping out shit to other countries, as they say, in, as in a humanitarian effort, and what the countries do with that medicine once it gets to that point, I think obviously we know there's some corruption in other places that it could happen and I'm sure there's countries that don't want that to happen that's the case and we're seeing it like we're seeing it in Cuba we're seeing it in all this other place that's happening where they're not getting any access to vaccinations or any doses and people are giving them out in humanitarian aid and it's not reaching for some reason like I, I've been hearing stories even like in the Congo and stuff too they're having trouble so like that's why it, it's 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 funny that I don't know. I'm just kind of like I was on that. I was a person on the other side, and now that I'm on the other side, it's like I'm trying to be somewhat. Mm-hmm. You want to extend the hand across the bridge and be like, "Hey, it's okay." Like, just yeah, you're already in it. You're already in it. Like my favorite comedian said it. Like, where you're you, you look like a dick. Like you should be thanking us now at this point. He he like I'm paraphrasing him, basically saying that like. You're, you should be thanking me that I took the shot for you as an experiment on whether or not this is going to work so this thing can, so we can get on top of this thing. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's like, for my country and for the people in my country and for the rest of the world, I did it as a thing. He's like, you should be thanking me. And now he's just... And he had COVID already. And he still took the Vax. So he's just like... Now he's just like saying, you're welcome. He's like, now you kind of look like a dick, but you should be thanking me. And he's like, now if you can't go to establishments and you don't have the shot, sorry. That's what he's saying at this point. Like, sorry. That was your problem. He's like, now that you have access, it's your problem now. He's like, it's on you if you get hurt or if you got COVID and get sick and die. He's like, that's on you now. Yeah. We're not saying like, we're not saying that you didn't have an option of getting something that could have helped you. And I'm not necessarily all in line with that sentiment, but I, but I also like, I see it's a logical sentiment too. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, we're already a year and a half into this thing, so... I don't know. Do you want to wait 10 more years, 15 more years, no matter what? If our arms fall off, our arms fall off, whatever. So it's just like, at this point, it's like you're falling off a cliff. Like, do I at least try to reach for a stone? Or do you fall off the cliff because of your pride? Mm-hmm. And God forbid America doesn't have any pride, right? So, I don't know. I guess you could say it's like as we see the, what they're they're already calling it by different names too because there's keeps it keeps mutating like so there's different X Men coming out so it's kind of cool so right see. now we're at Delta right now so it's like there's Delta there's Lambda, Lambda too Lambda now? yeah brand dude. new brand it's a brand new one that's coming it's a new collection so it's it's and they said like this thing supposedly this thing supposedly came from animal but bunch of human it's able to pretty much get the DNA. And pretty much harness it, mutate, and spread. And it's like it's a virus that you know pretty much evolves based on the host it goes into. And it's always adapting to the DNA, and you know, like you said, mutating. And now we got all these variant streams. It's like, like I said, um, the Olympics. I think this was like the final weekend for the Olympics, and you know, yeah, the closing ceremonies. Yeah, the closing ceremonies last night. I mean, either them, even them, like. Like yeah, I get props to Japan because Japan, you know, they they're doing their they were trying their best to lock everything down. I mean, to me, it's like them comparing to us. At least for them, it was like um, listening to other podcasts. Like was we listened to I listened to Trash Taste, and they were talking about during the pandemic. They were talking about what Japan does when it comes to lockdown procedures. They're a country that usually got custom using masks for whenever you're sick, um, and they were able, like I said, they limited you know 
what amenities will be available at certain times. Like they'll close restaurant at eight o'clock. They tell restaurants stop serving alcohol at eight. They have restaurants close at eight. They everyone wear masks, social distance. Like they're a country that uses a lot. They're more like paper based. You know, when it comes to money and stuff, and now they're you know encouraging more digital payments or contactless payments. Now it's like, you know, and for them, you know, taking the big risk of hosting the Olympics, I'm like I was surprised, but they had to make that tough decision decision to not have spectators. And then you know the athletes and stuff. You know, they probably I'm surprised they probably all had to get tested or get vaccinated before they head over there and find the way back. They probably either had to quarantine or do something on the way back. Especially, if, especially like you know, Team USA basketball. You know, those players that probably had the quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. And everyone else that that was there that competed had to be quarantined, regardless of they're vaccinated or not. So, you know, big props to them. And like, and it, you know, it was you know I was able to see some Olympics at least. The only one I saw was football, which to your peons it's soccer. <laughs> but. I was like big ops to Mexico for winning the, the bronze because that's their second medal they were won in that sport. First one was 2012 the gold, and they even went third place. And watched the replay of that match and beat going OU. Follow basketball more, so you probably were able to catch like USA and France. Uh, I actually didn't watch it unfortunately because they've always ended up being too late, and, and by the time it's on, I'm already passed out sleeping because I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. But Oh uh, yeah, they actually won by it was I think it was eighty seven eighty two and they were able to get the medal behind Kevin Durant. Uh, the last couple of games, Durant and Devin Booker went off just just in the scoring and what was nice is like I think in the Olympics, uh, I kept hearing a lot of other commentators say that, uh, on, especially on NPR, that like because uh, when I'm working, someone's like one of my coworkers is playing NPR in the background, so it's always just like bleeding in my ear when I'm like, if I'm listening to music or something. Mm. But it's nice to catch up because he listens to different iterations. And they were talking about how, like, what spectators like about the Olympics is how people kind of follow the stories of how these people get there and, and like how they create this story arc out of these games. And, and, uh, and at least when it comes to basketball, in the men's tournament, like, since USA lost their first game in the preliminaries, mm-hmm. it was kind of, not a shock, but they were just, like, they were kind of put on, on the brakes because it's like, hey, man, like, you got to take it seriously because the international game teams caught up. And that was the thing you would hear from all the commentators on ESPN, all the analysts on NBA.com. Everyone was talking about how, like, finally international ball caught up that Giannis, who is a Greek, a Greek, uh, of Greek descent, or at least nationality, he he is the best player in the NBA, like, and they got the ring, right? So it's like international players caught up, and the game is caught up. So we see a lot of a lot of good teams come out of this. Like Australia finally got a medal, in, first time ever to medal in, in men's basketball. They got a to see Patty Mills of Australia just come out and like put a scoring, which solidified him a good contract on a good team for the NBA in the upcoming season. So we're seeing like different players get to show out, just like we see in the World Cup different soccer players play like for their countries and we see a lot of a lot of them come back to their clubs or their different clubs and they get these crazy offers but it's because they're able to showcase their talent and to show why they're olympians so it's like in the case of seeing the usa team get the gold it was nice to see um kevin durant kind of solidify his career as as in the nba and his legacy as far as being olympian to and setting a record there in, in these games. And then we see 
like Zach Levine come out as, as being a, a first ever Olympian gold medal. Then we see uh, JaVale McGee, who is the first time we see a mother and son be Olympic gold medalists in basketball. Because mm. his mother was Olympic gold medalist back in the 70s. Like the late 70s, she played for Team USA um, in the women's basketball. So, like, that, we see little things like that come out. And so, and there was one thing Kevin Durant came out and said, like, these we've created a bond that's going to last for a lifetime here. So it's like, it reminded me of the Dream Team games and, and seeing that, like, camaraderie. Even we see all these, like, different stars come together. And this team, like, considering that they were calling this the, the, the angry games, the pandemic games, all that shit. So it's like, we see these players come out of nowhere. Like, they're, the championship ended, like, a week before the, the game started. And we see, like, Drew Holiday and Devin Booker have to play in the same team together after they just played each other in the mm-hmm. championships. Like, you don't want to play against a guy that just beat you, but they had to, like, put that aside, and it's like, let's just play this. And, like, two guys you have to be in the same plane with, playing card games or whatever, in the same plane as, like, your enemy, I guess. You know, rivals. Rivals, you yeah. could say. So, you know, little story arcs like that are what made it a lot more fascinating, and them losing the first time, I think, was what created this, like, uh, enthusiasm for like a wake up call, basically. yeah, and it's cool because it's like, yeah, you see a lot of people, a lot of these international teams, like Pau Gasol, dude, came back to play for Spain. Like all these older players came back, and like the Bulls podcast I listened to, like the guys who work for the team, they yeah. talk about how like even veterans came out the woodwork to represent their countries just so they can come to, and like smack that ass at USA. They all wanted to come. Like Pau Gasol, he has been retired from the NBA for a couple years now, and he came back to play for Spain. Um, fucking, oh, I forgot who else came. It's this guy who plays for uh, the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. He's like 38, and he was like their all-time leading scorer, came back to play for them, and Czech Republic made it to like the, the quarterfinals. They lost to USA, but they made it far. So like, uh, we got to see all these different, all these old veterans in the league. Rudy Fernandez played? Yeah, for Spain too. Rudy Fernandez hasn't been in the NBA since like 2013. Like, these cats who haven't played in forever. Sergio Rodriguez played. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> these guys and and people. I think it's like even for the young guys who are getting into NBA now. Yeah. I think it's good to, for them to see like, oh shit! Like these guys, just because they're not in the NBA anymore, they still play at a high level. Um, a lot of them you even see play in the international game who are, might be coming back. Um, so, I think it also is, helps them showcase that like they're in the NBA for a reason. You just may not see it because the NBA is full of all the best players. They're all a bunch of talent in the NBA. And it's hard to recognize that when you're bogged down with the best players getting to start versus like them playing on a different stage, I want to mm-hmm. say. So it's like it's an international game. It's fucking fierce. So it's, it's cool to see. And I think I congratulate Team USA for fucking bringing in the gold again. I think they ended up... Um, Inching them against China for most gold medals to end the games, yeah. And of course, you know, like with the Olympics, it's like, yeah, like you said, there's like different storylines and stuff that goes into it. It just depends what sport you follow. But it's like I said, it's like, you know, they brought baseball back again. Of course, the biggest thing that I saw. Oh, they did? Yeah, they, they brought baseball again and softball. And um, um, what it did was the one big story, which. To me, that was, you know, I know we're talking about sports here, guys. We're probably watching podcasts, but the Olympics are part of pop culture. I mean, it's been shown on television and all this stuff. I mean, there was video games about it as well, like Sonic and Mario Olympic Games. It came out of the stand thing. Um, 
But uh, with Soft Bottoms, the one story that everyone, it's still under investigation is because the Mexican like female softball team um, made headlines. Apparently, um, they end up leaving their uniforms and stuff in their rooms in the village because and they made excuse and people all they left their uniforms to show disgrace to the country and stuff. But it was like that. Like what? they. One of the players stepped up, and she said, like, because they were getting flack because most of the players on there were American-born, but because of their, you know, the, you know where their parents came from, they were able to play for their Mexican team. And they were saying, you know, one of the players said, no, because it's like, it's like all the equipment you guys sent to us, we try to get people to send our uniforms back, like the shipping companies didn't want to do it, or it was going to take time. And they were only relegated. When I found out, they were only relegated to bring one suitcase. So expect, expect to bring, carry all that stuff into one suitcase. Fit all your personal hygiene stuff, all your stuff. You only allow to pack one suitcase. It's like nope. you expect them to pack all their equipment, all their uniforms into one bag. It's like it's impossible. And right now they're they're going to be investigating. Like, are you serious? And they're like, no, we were proud to play. They finished fourth place, but we were proud to play for our country. This is great. If we don't mean any disrespect. We just couldn't fit everything in our suitcase. Royal were only limited to one suitcase. And because they were in these bags, they were in these clear bags. And like we, we even said, it, like we tried contacting any shipping companies want to do it. And they couldn't do it. So, like I said, it you get that. And, of course, you got some mobiles as well. I think she didn't participate in one competition due to, like, mental issues or something. And that's what she was going through. And... Of course, you know, it's these athletes feel that pressure. And like and then her teammate was able to come up with the goal in the event that she was supposed to like some of the was supposed to compete in. Her teammate was able to do good and was able to win goal in that. But it's like it's like I said, it's pressure. I think too is like not only like competing in the country, but it's the same thing. We're compete we still have a pandemic and you know, we still wanna play in these games, but it's the same time it's like it doesn't feel that normal to me. And, of course, skateboarding became a thing. I don't know if there's anyone known that participated in skateboarding. Yeah. Um, Nigel Houston and uh, what was the other guy who placed third? Um, so, no, that was the first time they allowed that into Olympics. Jay something. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't get the gold. Japan's uh, got the gold medal in, in skating. Uh, considering we were the ones who made it, so they're just talking about that. Which they always—it's funny when America loses something. They always they're always a sour sport about it in the commentary, especially when it's something we made. So like, it's fucking stupid. Like, no, it's just that skateboarding is loved throughout everywhere, but mm-hmm. it's just oh, it's so surprising. Like, no, nah, we did send good people. It's just Nigel was not hitting his tricks. I think he was just trying to hit some good like hard tricks, and it just wasn't happening. And and then like, I think people tend to forget like when these Olympic things happen these Olympic games happen they only have so many opportunities and there's only so many chances you have to either play it safe or nail big things and in that case in skateboarding it's either you play it safe with like scoring tricks but that's gonna that's gonna land you on the table but that's not gonna get you the gold like you'd see you gotta play within your your comforts but also like go for big shit to get you to that to that podium so I think even watching Nigel's runs, it, that's, he, I don't know. And it was very rough. Like, it just mm-hmm. didn't, I don't know what the fuck he was doing after the third time. Or just like, dude, at least nail something that you know you can nail in your sleep. Yeah. And he, and the fourth time he wasn't, he was he kept going big ones. 
And the other guy, the other American uh, skater, he was doing good. He, that's I mean, like comparing him to Nigel, like they're both. Nigel's gonna be one of the best ever to do it, at least for American skating and 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 most recognizable right now. But there's so many other good skaters, and like as some coming from someone who was a fan of Tony Hawk in those days when it was like skateboarding was the shit. And like seeing it now, it's cool. It's cool that it's gotten it this far. At These the guys are going to explore now. Well, like, like now it gives like motivation now. For yeah, it gives another get. another place for skateboarding to like transcend because it's cool. Like it's a culture that's just not about competition. It's just about like just having a good time and and it's very supportive of their, each other. It's not. It's yeah, they're quote unquote competitions as far as like having an organized structure of you know of talent and demonstration but like all in all it's not it's a culture of like respect and just like having fun with your board and and giving support to each other while you're nailing tricks and learning new things so it's just like to see that olympic level and getting them watching those guys show their stuff especially the japanese skater he was killing it he, he all of his tricks look clean as shit it just looked like it, everything was so natural and fluid and in each trick you nail so I think it was interesting to see new games being put. I want I want to see them add new shit like that instead of take away stuff. Like I don't know why they took away wrestling. It's been there for ages, and then they just suddenly took it away. Like why aren't we taking away like other stuff that quote we should just not really have in there? Like what what, what was curling? The, curling, curling. Like are we really? I thought curling was just for winter though. It's Olympics. It's still Olympics. Hmm. It's still an Olympic game. Like, okay, well, these well, are Well, it's using right? the Winter Olympics, though. But it's still Olympics. Yeah. Like, skiing? Yeah. yeah. Snowboarding? For sure. Half mm-hmm. pipes, freestyle snow, all that shit? For sure. It's snow. Curling? Hockey's in there, of course, because it's like teams and shit. Curling? By all means, is it in a competitive game? Of course. <laughs> but is it Olympic level compared yeah. to wrestling, dude? Wrestling, which is like the, the oldest one? Where were they doing that in Greece? Where were they curling in Greece, dude? So it's like... I don't know. Like, There's some games we still watch that are like very antiquated, and I get it for what it is, but then we're taking away good ones. And like you said, then we're looking at shit such as jerseys being left in the locker room. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Because it's what? Because it would happen to be a Mexico jersey if we're playing that shit? I don't know if they would have done that if it was a Japanese jersey being left somewhere else. I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't know why they're showing so much gripe for about it. But then, even with the Simone Biles stuff, like, come on, she couldn't be, she couldn't take her medication with her because it's illegal in Japan. She has a Ritalin prescription for her ADHD and stuff, and she was out of it because she wouldn't fill out it. And if she's like, dude, I can't compete at this because I'm fucking mentally fucked right now. Like, she had, it's like writer's block. So she had writer's block. And they're telling her, like, no, sorry, Michael Jordan, you're going to have to go out there and make some hoops. Like, no, she's the best to ever do it in gymnastics right now. And, like, everyone's like, suck it up. Like, no, what the fuck out of here? Yeah, same thing with Naomi Osaka, too, when yeah. she had to drop out of the French Open, too. Because- Are they, they're doing this, why? They wouldn't do this if it was Candice Vaughn in snowboarding. The biggest thing she had, and all due respect to her, she was a beast. But the biggest thing they threw at her was what? The Tiger Woods shit? Mm-hmm. When she was still married to him, which had like that sucks for her. Like that was humiliating. That they, and they're all their pressing. How do you feel being Tiger Woods? How do I feel? My husband just fucking has a sex problem, and it keeps. And we're posting, and you're asking me how I feel right now. 
And, like, that was the biggest thing instead of, like, what is her... Like, nah, dude. And we're focusing on the bullshit. We're telling her, like, oh, you need to work. So it's just, like, it's one thing that it's a, a person of color, but it's, it's a woman. And, that like, it's bringing awareness that, like, dude, man, if it's not helping me right now, why do I got to do it? Mm-hmm. I've already proved myself. It's not like they get, like... She's already got her endorsements, and I actually opened it up for her <laughs> even more. I think she's getting a lot of nonprofits to endorse her as like this spokesperson for a lot of mental uh, mental clinics and help. So it's like, look at that! It just helped build the platform, and I think that's beautiful. But also, like, why are we still seeing bull- like this bullshit thrown? Like, and it's always uh, I saw and on Reddit, I think somebody posted why is uh, why are people filled with mayo sandwiches telling this this olympic gymnast what to fucking do with their life uh these uh, bill billy bobs with filled with mayo sandwiches telling these yeah old billy bobs telling simone biles what to fucking do at her at her at her line of work or something her talent her chosen profession all that stuff it's like leave her alone she's going through some shit it's like nobody's telling you to call off at work and all that and i'm just like oh man well it's true it's like damn man we every four years we see these people and they still give them shit yeah and they don't ask to be given shit they're just there doing what they are worked so hard at and we still got people like giving them shit for no reason Mm -hmm. and it's because they want to be out there themselves it's like like that's why like i got they got these documentaries how you know with um the one that the with the women's like national USA football team, like yeah. how they're not getting paid as the men, yet they're if you think about it, they're more bigger than the men's team. Well, they're more successful. Most successful, but yeah, the so and it's like they have like to me they should be treated with respect. They should get equal pay. Should we call Alexi Lawless to to ask him how he feels about that about <laughs> a men's American soccer? <laughs> well, this year I'm surprised they actually. It's a did disgrace. Good. But like this year they actually did good. You know, even though I'm. Yeah. Good, good. We want the best. <laughs> good. What are you saying, Clint Dempsey? You are good. You are a leader, and, and your at your best moments. We need you to step up. And what do you say, the little nine-year-old? Hey, Wonder Kid. We need you to actually score. Oh, he was such a jerk. Sorry, Hans. Go ahead. Sorry. Alexi Lawless. Yeah, but it's like, okay, and, you know, they had pressure going to Olympics, too, but it's like, hey, they finished with the bronze. I mean... That's good. But hats off to Canada, you know, they won their first Olympic gold medal. Damn, Canada for soccer, won? You know, Shit. For football, it's like, great. But then, like, you know, but yeah, they, they became thing, and that's why it's like, you know, like I said, female sports you know, should have the same recognition as male sports. Like, it should have the same recognition. They should deserve to get the same pay as the men. They deserve they deserve to, because like they get they're important on the stage as well. Because you know they, and like I said, they put pressure on these athletes to be put on a pedestal. But at the same time, they're human. It's like it's the same thing. Like you know, even at work, you know, they, they you're just another cog in a the wheel. They don't look at you as a person. Yeah. They look at you as a cog in a wheel. Once you go rusted, they can find another cog to replace that piece. That's to me does not make sense. If you if you're like pretty much like if you're going through something, you know, then they have service provided. Take advantage of those services. You know, we get stressed, we get tired. You know, we get stressed. You know, it can be from home, it can be from other in front of the environment, and especially right now with you know pandemic still going on. You, you know, Delta and Lambda, like the other variants. You know, it's like you do get like that stir crazy feeling, and um, 
Yeah, you're under pressure. And it's like, it's like I'm not the only one on this team. It's a whole team. Don't make me just the center of the team. Everyone came here under like their effort. We all came as a team. It's like, oh, and you want to single out that one person who feels like right now she doesn't want to perform right now. So it's like, you know, she needs to take a break. Let her take her break. She's going through something. and But she knows she's going to have, you know, her teammates there to pick to help her lift her spirits and pick up the pieces. Because they go in as teams, not individuals. They go as a team. That's what people keep forgetting. It's a team sport, not an individual sport. They go as a team. Not as a single person. That's why these sports are their team sports. Same thing with like boxers, collegiate wrestlers. They're supported by a team. They're supported by coaches. They're supported by a support system. It's like the press. You can say all your bullshit you want. Unless you actually been in that sport, you should shut up. Mm-hmm. And stop hounding them. They're doing their best during this tough time. To compete, to give something that people want to watch, to, to, to distract people with what's going on right now, to give people hope, lift their spirits. But like I said, at the same time, you know, they go through shit. They suffered through the pandemic as us. They probably had a social distance. They probably couldn't see their relatives for like a year or two. And who knows? They probably had to line up. To get vaccines just like everybody else. They probably had to get in line just like everybody else to get tested. They're regular people, but we it's make like them. Every day. Yeah, they're regular people. They're working class people. They're athletes. They're working class. They go through the same trials and tribulations as we do. But you guys try to put them on this pedestal and you put all that pressure on them, they and they get mentally burned out. Samsung, same thing, like you look at professional wrestlers. Yes, it's sports entertainment, but at the same time, they're putting their bodies on the line to keep everybody entertained. And they can get hurt. They can get burnt out. Mm-hmm. And right now, they barely went on, like, even listen to, like, I was listening to New Day, Feet of Power. They're even, like, because now the first time they're finally going the road, and they're, like, they're trying to get used to it. Before, they had to travel just to one spot. Now, getting to travel different states again. Because I think, like, last week, I think they were in Chicago. They were... Here in at the United at the I'll say arena for a while too, um, for Raw and even never like had to get used to going back to the way things were. And these people are just to let you know these um, professional wrestlers, WWE wrestlers, contract wrestlers, they're contractors. The only thing that WWE does for them is just play their plane tickets. That's it. They have to book their own hotels. They have to book their rental cars, and then they have to drive themselves four or five hours from town to the next town. The only thing WD's compensates them is just for plane tickets. And the only thing they can get is probably merchandise sales. But at the same time, they got to deal with, you know, if their storyline doesn't get picked up or they don't get put on TV. It, it, it sucks for them. At least with AEW, they're getting treated with respect because Chris Jericho, when he was on, I forgot what podcast he was on, he was being interviewed. And they, and they asked him, how does Tony Khan treat you guys? Chris Jericho says, he treats us like football players. He helps with plane tickets. He gets us hotel rooms. He makes sure we have health care. He gives us the best medical care we can ask for if we get hurt. And he'll have guys, and he tries to, like, you know, he has creative ways, but he works with, you know, the talent to come up with a better storyline. 
But he's like, yeah, he treats us more what I used to be like Vince Vince Man used to treat us. And it's like, and they show like every week they put their their bodies on the line. And it's funny because that's always constant thing that kept going throughout this whole pandemic. Was them now they're probably going on the road as well. It's like, and they see it, but at least with them they don't travel as much. And they get put under pressure too. It's like you know I know we're going off tangent here, but now we talk about sports and professional wrestling and stuff. But it's like I said, it's it's like like I said. It was cool at the Olympics, and I think they said that. Um, I think one of the songs they did to close out the Olympics was from um, Demon Slayer. They used the song from Demon Slayer to close out the ceremonies. I think someone posted on the article about it. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, let's see where it is. I saw it. Here you go. Demon Slayer wraps up 2021 Olympics with epic theme song. Oh, apparently they did like a, yeah, so they did like a ska cover version of the opening song of Demon Slayer for the Olympic ceremonies. It's actually kind of cool. That's awesome. But, yeah, it just, to me, it's, you know, I know we still talk about the pandemic, but like I said, even movies right now, too, it's like, then you talk about, you know, movie streaming how you know theaters are slowly opening up and movies are starting to release but now even its stars are being kind of stars are being treated with no respect either because now because I, I wanted to talk about this this is the last podcast but it's been you know publicly shown that Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for what she calls breach of contract because uh, according to her contract Plus the money she was getting paid, she's supposed to get like uh, like royalties from like in, from box office sales, and Disney made a decision to show that back well just not in theaters, but also like Disney Plus with Premier Access, and it wasn't in her contract. So now Disney's being sued by Scarlett Johansson for you know, I forgot what the amount is, but for like damages. And now it's like the Emma Stone's already contemplating as well. She might be getting to. Possibly doing that as well for Cruella. And it's fine because when Disney decided to do that, these premiere access, at least Warner Media, when they announced a year ago that they said when they released HBO Max that the movies will be available on the same day as theaters. But the smart thing that Warner Media did was pretty much pay off the contracts of all the actors. The money they were going to be promised for box office. They all got paid. So they didn't have to deal with that situation. But to me, Disney kind of dropped the ball. So, like, with this, like, what do you think of these cases going on with that? What do you, what do you feel? Get that money. <laughs> no, they didn't drop the ball, dude. They try to get away with... They they knew what they were doing, and they tried to be slide, and didn't think they would... They didn't think they would uh, get any flack for it, or... They tried to pull it off. They thought they would be able to pay them to shut up, and they didn't. And so what they did was they knew they weren't going to make any money in the box office. So instead, they had to cover their asses themselves so the investors won't get pissed off. And so they released it on streaming and it wasn't part of the contract. So the actors got screwed over too because they didn't get their money from any of the streaming sales or, or the numbers. 
and it was out of their contract, and they probably did really bad in the box office compared to that, and so they want to get paid. And that's I think they should because it's using their likenesses. It's they acted in a movie. They should get profits as far as that movie is shown. They should get profits from it. And they can't just get profits only from fucking physical physical ticket sales. But it's in their contract, right? And Disney try to play that shit smooth and be like, hey, we never said in the contract we have to give them the profits from our streaming numbers. And, and so, is it is it more is it ethically wrong? Hell yeah. Is it business? Is it business wrong? Definitely not. It, they they create the loophole themselves in the contract. However, it's ethically wrong, and it's just like you should come after the big mouse. You should. So we're gonna start seeing hopefully more actors kind of press on them because, frankly, Hollywood is struggling. Um, not that they weren't already, but they're struggling hard with the pandemic because people are finding entertainment in other levels, such as like TikTok, YouTube. You know, there's so much content that they can draw to that Hollywood was put in the back burner. Mm-hmm. And now that, like, some places the theaters are opening up and they're practicing more liberal, you know, policies on how they want, like, how they want to run society in their parts of the world during the pandemic. And if that means theaters being open, like, they're going to get hurt. And the theater industry got hurt with this, too. So it's like... They want to pick up the pieces just as much as people want to get back to normal society again. So, I think with the actors using their influence in this point, as far and especially having their money to do so, to back that up, I think it's good that they're putting a press on on big Hollywood because it's fucked up. Um, that you know, because they're 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 pumping your the thing you worked on into their. It's it's the thing that small businesses complain about Amazon about when they when they put their platform on their on on Amazon.com and they're able to sell through them, but they take a portion of their profits. Is it, it does it suck? Yes, but when you're the biggest highway on the internet when it comes to shopping, you gotta sometimes pipe the piper. And with this case, Disney thought they can get away with it, and hell no, you got ScarJo coming after, and then you got Emma Stone. So you got like. Other people who've been in Hollywood able to kind of throw their money at them, and as they should. Like, Disney's been doing that shit for so long, and Hollywood has been doing that shit for so long that maybe this is a good time for streaming to practice what they preach as far as, like, their level of, of how they got how they got consumers right now. I mean, I don't see Bezos really doing that. I feel like they just throw money at Amazon Productions and they just move as they go. And they just invest on new material. Netflix does the same thing. Um, I'm assuming Paramount will eventually do the same thing when they mix with somebody else. So, like, Disney, on the other hand, they've always been slimy, dude, with this stuff. So, I'm not surprised. That's why when as soon as I saw that ScarJo was suing, I'm like, good for her. Fuck yeah. I don't know why some people are mad about it. It's like, well, you know, you signed the country. Yeah, she's got money, but she it's because she's been in Hollywood for a long time. She's acted since she was a kid, so it's like, whatever. It's not like... So does that mean she's a bad person now that she's coming after them? No. She has the means to do it. It's like an athlete, too. They do the same thing. So, I don't see it as a negative. I think it's good. Um... And Disney's gonna have. They thought they would cover the problem. They just made it more of a, a, a more expensive problem now mm-hmm. than it would it could have been. Like you said, they try to pay them off, 
That's no, a Warner mob Me- shit. No, Warner Media, shit. they paid their contracts. That's what Warner Media did. Yeah. When they made that announcement a year ago that, hey, we're going to release the same films in, the same, in theaters, but also on HBO Max, what they did is to protect, you know, their contracts, they decided to pay the actors what they were due. They paid them. No, yeah. They got that's paid Warner. what they were due. That's not Disney. That's not Disney, yeah. Like I said, it's not Disney. So, like, they knew, like... Warner's not at that liberty, though. Compared to Disney, Warner's just not at, at liberty anymore. Warner is a different company than yeah. Disney is these days, remember? Yeah. Back then, it'd be different. Yeah. But nowadays, Warner's got, like, dude, we just need the movie to work. <laughs> we just <laughs> want a movie to be good at this point. And Disney's just, like, eat it up, folks. And now it's like, no, fuck that. So it brings us to, well, before we get into the big meat of the episode, which I do want to talk about, we just just finished watching this film about 48 minutes ago. I do want to pull up a a couple of, like, news bits real quick before we proceed. Let's see, I can pull it up here. Um, Here we go. Because I do want to... See what's going on here. Hold on. This thing just saw that. Come on, where is it? Oh, here we go. This is one I pull up here. I just saw a combo.com. They were talking about it right now. That's one of the funny things that. <laughs> Uh, you know how usually in the summer, not like you don't get TV shows, but like game shows become a thing during the summer. Um, this is the one thing I saw that supposedly NBC canceled the Ultimate Supplicite thing after a disastrous diarrhea incident. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is from Cobb.com. It says here, and <laughs> the way this article says, like, uh, for real people, it's the fan. Again, NBC is officially pulling Ultimate Slipping Side from its release schedule, seemingly sending the game show to the chime block after a number of crew members came down from what sides have called explosive diarrhea. The production initially paused filming back in June, just a few days of work left, and now it's being pulled from NBC's release date entirely. Um, supposedly, um, this is from the article. The article was written by Adam Barnhart for comicbook.com, and pretty much the show... Um, was hosted by comedians Ron Funches and Bobby Moynihan. It was supposed to debut on August 8th after the Tokyo Olympic send-off. Also, Silver Side is now missing from the schedule on San Jose Wear Family Game Night, American Ninja Warrior, and The Wall instead. The show was initially expected to run for 10 episodes, featuring teams competing in a variety of games from cornhole and body bowling to bocce ball and human pong. Teams that remain in the game after those competitions would then compete in the ultimate slip and slide. Upwards of 40 members came down with um, symptoms. And insider says some people were either passing out on the set or too busy rushing to the nearest porta potty at work. One crewmember tested positive for, uh, guesses, um, giardia, a parasitical intestinal infection. Yeah, um, and this is what NBC said the health and safety everyone on our set is in our own party, so out of an abundance of caution, we have made a decision to stop production of Ultimate Slip Inside at the current location. So, so, yeah. I want to talk about that. It's like, because it's something that's not COVID related, but it's like to me, it's like if someone was sick with an infection, there's a lot of different factors that pretty much could go into something like that. I mean, it's the summer, yeah. Slip and slides are cool. I remember back in the kid, as a kid, like if you ever had buddies, were a slip and slide, hell yeah, you want to go on a slip and slide, dude? Come on, 
But, you know, with so many ga- like I don't know. Who watches game shows? Do you guys watch game shows? I don't know. Sometimes. Just Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> like Wheel of Fortune. Not, not, nothing with... That doesn't involve poop. Yeah. I don't think my game shows have poop in it. Uh, I just saw something that I was like, what the heck? I'm like, why did he eat? Why they were offering for catering, man? It's just like... Poor guy. Guy and it was not just him, like pretty much. So they just had to cancel the whole show after that. Yeah, I guess that? so. I mean, depending yeah. how big these stages were, and gross. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it had to be something like either it wasn't catering or something. They must have ate bad and it just spread. It was, no, it was, it was it's just a person, I guess. No, it's not like forty people, dude. Oh, 40 people had a case of diarrhea? I remember, yeah, because if yeah. it's one... No, dude, if it's one of those big competitions where you got to build these sets and stuff... Oh, they all got food poisoning. It was like food poisoning, I think it was. Yeah. And I guess it, they kept stopping, I guess, oh, because they probably, have to set up, they probably had to set up, like, every, like, stage. They probably had to set it up. <laughs> so it's like... Especially, like, the people that work on those American Ninja Warrior sets, man, they got to build that stuff up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people had to build those things and everything? So that probably what happened was someone got sick. It kept slowing down production. We're to the point, oh, you know what? And we have no choice, but we have to, like, pretty much um, stop doing it because, yeah. Like, <laughs> so better check your food and make sure before you eat it because it's like, if someone got sick, had to be wrong with the food. <laughs> but uh, that's something I just wanted to see that I saw. That was like, because I guess it was supposed to premiere after, like, after the Olympics, I guess, after the summer and stuff. Um, and then uh, what was one thing I wanted to see here that I saw? Yeah, I just saw right now that. Uh, what is it? Oh yeah. One last thing I saw that I do want to talk about mm-hmm. before we jump into our beaten bones. Of course, it is one thing I didn't want to pull. Let's see, here it is. Oh, yeah, one thing that is filming right now. That's in production right now. Is Clerks Three guys? Clerks Three is in production. Oh no! I mean, oh no! <laughs> Why did they have to make a third one? It was fine. It was fine as one. One is it? who's in it? Are the original guys? Gonna be yep, there? everyone's back. Rosario Dawson's back too, as well. Hmm. Everyone is back. Dante, Randall, everyone's back. He's filming in like he's filming at the locations. He's filming out where the original was filmed. Uh, and I guess someone was asking if it's going to be uh, like how the first film was like in black and white and then the second film went from black and white to color. Kesper said that it's going to be in both. What? So it'll be both. But like I said, because I think, um, was it last week? Well, he started filming on the second. Uh, they started filming on kind of since his birthday, turned fifty one. Uh, but I think the week before, as I follow him on social media, they had like everyone at the table read. So they do like a table read first, like like the script reading. Um, because he wrote the script, like he revised it so many times. Like he, I think was it um, Jeff Anderson was the one that um, didn't want to do it again. 
But I think after a while he was able to, because he even asked, I could write him out. It's like there's no way you can write out that character Randall because that character Randall is based on me. So like I can't write him out, and I can't picture anybody else playing that character but Jack Anderson. But I think after a while they were to come to terms, and he he lost the agreed to come back and create a character. But come on, dude, Randall's my favorite character in the film, dude. <laughs> Especially when he makes fun of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> even though I love Lord of the Rings, how he makes fun of it in Clerks too. It's like all they do is walk in the film. First film, he's like, he's like, walking around. Second film, he's like, he's doing like Sam and Fro, he's like making fun of him. And then third film, drops the ring, he just yeah, walks up. So I haven't seen those films in a long time, but yeah, it's kind of cool that he's working on it. Of course, he got flack because of Masters and Viewers as well, mm-hmm. the new one. But I haven't seen it yet. I have to watch it and see what it is. But I'm excited for Clerks Three, guys. Like, you know, we need another change of pace film. I think Lionsgate's helping out with the release. But you got Rosario Dawson. She's going to make an appearance in there soon. So it's like they got everybody, basically. Jason, Bob. But they're, like, filming right now in Jersey right now. Mm-hmm. So filming all the spots down there. Because I think he has, like, a... Because at the place where the quick stop is still there, like, the, the, the Jason stores, um, he built, like, a, a podcast either. Oh, cool. He, he he made a podcast either for, like, the Smodcast, possibly, for that as well. But it's built in the quick stop right there, so... So, it's kind of cool. So now, we're going to get to the meeting point, meat and grits of, or center of the beats, um, pretty much of the podcast. We're going to talk about the film we just saw in a little bit. Let's go ahead and um, pause for, like, the ad reads real quick. Hey, everybody. This episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. All right, guys, um, the film we got to see, like, about an hour ago, we just finished watching it, is The Suicide Squad. It was released last week. Um, it's written and directed by James Gunn, and it's got a big ensemble cast. Um, this is basically a reboot, because I don't know if you guys remember seeing the original Suicide Squad film. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, pretty much this was um, James Gunn pretty much working for Warner Brothers after, you know, years back. He got canned by Disney based on tweets of 10 years ago when they were going back and released revealing tweets made from like a decade ago. And it's fine because not none of this is going on right now because of the pandemic, but Warbar's calling them up and hey, why don't you work on the suicide Squad? says you did a great job with Guardians of the Galaxy. And he agreed. And he wrote the film. And of course he's going back to doing Guardians Volume 3 because he decided to bring it back again. <laughs> um So we do want to let you guys know this is gonna be like spoiler. So if you guys haven't seen the film um, pretty much uh, go ahead and watch the film right now and then come back and pretty much 
listen to our review because like I said we are going to give out spoilers and what you know our favorite what we liked about it what we didn't like about it you know favorite characters you know favorite scene you know overall what we thought of the film so like I said it's going to be spoilers so like I said take a chance if you have HBO Max go see it now real quick or if you know, you've been to the theaters. Like I said, come back and listen to the second part of the episode. You can still listen to the first half of the episode, but listen to the second half for when you want to hear the review. So, because right now we're gonna get to it. Um, so let me go ahead and pull up like the synopsis. So I can pull up like the cast list and everything. So let me go ahead and pull that up real quick. All right, I just pulled it up. I don't know why Wikipedia is telling us it's a standalone. It's not a standalone. <laughs> um, so pretty much the whole premise. I like. Well, I like. Well, start off. The way this film opens up is it opens up. You know, Michael Rooker. You know, playing this character named Savant. He's like in jail. He's pretty much bouncing a raw ball. <laughs> In the yard, and uh, he's bouncing upon when he sees this bird. He ends up like, bouncing the ball, it goes to every corner, and ends up killing a, a bird. And pretty much, he gets picked and gets told he's going to be on a special task force. And, you know, he reluctantly agrees and when to get out. And it's funny how this film shows like all the people getting selected and everything, and it, they get, they're going to get sent to this island to pretty much, you know, at first they get sent to this island, so you see all these cast of characters. Um, which is a big, you know, cast list. I'm sick. I can pull up the IMDb for it because there's a lot of people, <laughs> even though. And I don't know if you ever read the Suicide Squad comics, but no of them. Let me see. I can pull up the IMDb file. Here we go. Because it is a big cast list. You know, it was like for the first 10 minutes of the film. There's a lot of people. So. Here go stars. Right now, in the way that this film is showing right now, that INDB is showing at a 7.7 out of 10 right now. Damn. Rating wise. That's about 65K right now. All right. It's a big cast list, so so should I go through the cast list, or should we just name the character, or just talk about it like later? Uh-huh. Whatever. All right, guys, remember me. It's a lot of names for the Suicide yeah, Squad. Just, just read the ones who are the main characters in this one, because there's not really like I mean, because the main characters are are like four or five of them, really. Mm-hmm. The rest are just ones that they came back here for fan service. The first, the first twenty minutes of this movie was fan service, guys. So if you did see the first one and wasted your time on the the la- the the one that wasn't directed by Suicide Squad, uh, direct new director James Gunn, like you, I guess if the one thing redeeming quality about that one movie is that you at least you'll know what the characters are in the beginning of the movie, like they're just sitting in a plane and they're just kind of getting their orders for the new mission, right? And then, but like the main characters are Flag, who is played by who? Joel Kinnaman. Which I've seen him before. Joel Kinnaman, yeah. yeah. He was, um, he was in Robocop. Yeah. In that reboot. 
Uh, and then you got Margot Robbie coming back as Harley, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, you got Idris Elba playing a character of Bloodsport, mm-hmm. which that to me is an interesting character. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you have John Cena, you know, playing as the Peacemaker. Uh, Viola, like da- Viola Davis returning from the previous film as Amanda Waller. Yeah. Um, then you have um, Ratmaster too. Ratcatcher. Rat, uh, rat her catcher. name. Let's see. Ratcatcher. Is she on here? Uh, where's Ratcatcher? Um, pull up. Here we go. Ratcatcher. Let me see if I can find her name. Here we go. Ratcatcher. Oh, yeah. Ratcatcher 2 was her name. Um, Daniela Melkor as Ratcatcher 2. Um, such Salona as the voice of King Shark. Um, you see, keep in mind these are the characters that pretty much <laughs> spoilers. They're the ones that kind of kind of make it through the film. Um, but those are the ones that supposedly the line. They got Pierre Capaldi as the thinker. Um, you got David. Yeah, I'm gonna probably fudge his name right now. That Dasmakian. As Polka Dot Man. And like I said, and like I said, you got pretty much good Joel Kinnaman's Colonel Rick Flag playing his character from the previous film. Um, you do have Jake Courtney coming back as Captain Boomerang from the previous film, um, previous uh, Suicide Squad film, and of course, Man uh, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller because that's the only one. And the funny thing is, I guess uh, D. Bradley Baker, one of the top voice actors. Who's really good making like animal noises? Was the voice of Sebastian the rat? Um, <laughs> and then, like I said, that's who you gotta you gotta know him for because, like I said, those are the main thing. But yeah, like I said, it opens up. You see, you get, it's funny because you do all these quick intros to these new characters. Like you have Pete Davidson as like Blackguard. Yeah, Pete Davidson. And then these other on the end, Mongal, and of course you had, like I said, Jay Corden came back as uh, Captain Boomerang. Um, you had the guy play the javelin, Weasel. Yeah, <laughs> Weasel was just kind of weird looking guy. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, then Michael Rooker is Savant. Of course, Michael Rooker does a lot of coverage with James Gunn, so it's good to see him in a while. Um, next time, Idris Elba with Bloodsport. Um, then you had uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK. So you got him as well. And Permis, like I said, it opens up, you know, they're flying on the plane. They all get picked, like, and they're going to go do the missions. And so they land there at the island and freaking Blood, uh, Blackguard decides, you know what, hey, you guys, like, supposedly versus there. He's like, I called you guys. I exposed he's like, he gets his head, like, basically his face blown up. Yeah. And pretty much, and then they pretty much get, pretty much swarmed. Yeah, it was like a setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny how James Gunn decides to pull, like, a twist on us, saying, oh, that's it for the film. And they're like, oh, wait, three days earlier. Like, that's the one thing I like about this film was the transitions. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for pacing in this movie, you're not going to get it. Uh, because there's not really a pacing. It's just more or less like you're just transitioning from like a future event or a present event that already happened and then like something a couple days prior, which helps kind of carry the story or help you kind of understand where the characters are coming from in context of why they're all there. 
Um, but the mission itself just keeps getting changed on them that it doesn't like, which is cool. I think it, it helps serve it that way. If you're, that's why it's like considering it doesn't really have a pace, it works well with how they set up the characters in these crazy fucking scenes, like scenarios. And in this case, like they're on an island, but then it ends up being a pretty big town that looks like it's South America. So it's just like yeah, because okay. they're pretty much the whole thing is to get sent to it's apparently. Apparently, their their mission was to go and I guess destroy this facility that's hiding this this space creature, mm-hmm. this space starfish that that um that that, that America going to, found. That, that well, supposedly at that point they were showing us that that, that government found it, and they were yeah. going to use it for possibly attacking the U.S. and and of course they get all these people to the Suicide Squad and pretty much. Um, Task Force X, and you know they all get implanted with bombs in their heads. If they don't comply, they'll get their heads blown off. Um, and of course, like I said, the film opens up. They land island. They get blown up basically. And like I said, it goes three years earlier. Then you get introduced to these other characters. That, like I said, you get Idrisel, but you know playing Bloodsport, which he was in prison for because he was a mercenary, gun for hire. He's a running research forces, and of course he. Apparently, put Superman to ICU for hitting him with a kryptonite bullet. Which is really interesting to see. Like, I would love to see Bloodsport versus Superman. Women, great. Then you know, then you see like you know the girl play. Uh, her name's Ratcatcher too, because her dad was the first Ratcatcher, and she has a machine that can help you know pretty much control rats basically. Um, then of course you got King Shark. Pretty much yeah. is not a way who's pretty much uh, from pretty much these folk. He's not like a meta human, but he's like from these folks that live under the sea. And he's not very bright, very low communication, so he's learning. Um, and of course, you got Peacemaker, who pretty much played by John Cena, who pretty much. It's Captain America and Superman put together. Yeah, but he does whatever he can to achieve peace by any yeah, means necessary. necessary. Yeah. It's funny as hell, though. Whatever means killing men, women, or children to get it. He tears his peaches that much. Yeah, John Cena was my favorite part of this movie. Just because <laughs> he was pretty... He played the most one-dimensional character in the world, and he did very well with it. Um, and he made it his own. He played... He, it basically was John Cena playing himself. Like a meta-human John Cena. Like, just kind of like, oh, I'm this... Supposed to be this poster boy. And that's why, and the and this character is a poster boy for peace, essentially peacemaker. Yeah, so like, yeah, I think what they what they lacked in in uh, in in character development in the last one, they definitely brought it here for the little. Because I do like for a fact they do like give like I just, yeah, I, don't know. I like that they didn't take forever with each one. No, it was like, like here you go, really quick, just like a quick little dose. Mm-hmm. Which in these kind of movies, I think it's like, I think that spoke highly. It's it's very James Gunn esque. Like this second go around, I think he kind of expected people to not like. We don't need this fantastical arc. We just need something that we get, that's easy enough to follow because we know it's an action movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it was long enough that it was able to. No, for being a freaking that. DC movie, dude, those fucking bloody as hell. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, but that's great. what it is. Like, they have to do something. Yeah. These DC, otherwise, these DC movies are just going to continue to be boring as shit, or like just not made well, because they are. And I think, hopefully, they learn not to use Zack Snyder anymore. Maybe gives James Gunn more runs at these Suicide Gun Squad movies, 
Like, that'd be nice. Um, cause, like, yeah, you mentioned, like, there's a lot of gore, cause there is a lot of gore in this one. Um, but I think it's also, like, it calls with the material. No, and plus the music with it was great, like, the transition with the, the, the score and everything of the film. Like, it's like, it first, it's like, it stops at a certain point, then it transitions from, like, you hear in the background, all it's in the radio playing in the car, and it's like, what the heck? It's like, yeah. He got, he got to, he got to be, like, a little more uncensored with, it's like maybe like the uncensored stuff that he wanted to do with Gardens of the Galaxy. He can't do it because it's with Disney, so he he got to do it with Warner Brothers. Because he he read he said in interviews he read the comics. He had an idea of what these characters are and try to present it the way it's supposed to be presented, pretty much. Because yeah, because with, with Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't really do much. You can't push that much. Because like I said, with Disney and stuff, and you know PG thirteen, it's the most you can get to it. But it's like with this film, it's like. He wanted to push as much as he can push. Well, it's 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 a nice it's it, it's a nice. It's rated R, so you do get some like leeway. Yeah, that's why. Like it it it, mat- it does well with the material of what the characters are in the world they're in. I feel like if they would have PG'd this movie up, it wouldn't be as good. No. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it. And it was also when they did a King Shark movie. It was actually good CG because he looks so fucking real as the second. Yeah. Imagine if they made a Street Sharks movie like that and he like, Street like Sharks. that. And if they designed just like that, it'd be cool. The Street Sharks. Because it looked realistic. Then or po- decent enough. And then Polka Dot Man, dude. Dot oh Man. my god. Yeah. That was funny. Like he's like every time I see my mother, it's like what the heck? And they just show. Mm-hmm. I don't know who played that mother. It was like what yeah. the fuck? He's like she was awesome. <laughs> Like I said, like to me, like what was like your favorite character of that? Like I said, I know you like Peacemaker. Like any other characters that you felt like that was your favorite of that film? To me, it's like Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, I got, yeah. I'm a big fan of Harley Quinn, but I liked Milton. Oh uh, no, I I, um, <laughs> I liked the Sebastian, the little rat. He's my favorite. Yeah. Ratatouille. He, I don't know. It's just good. They had little characters. I think they all worked well well together for what it is. Um. I think they all had really funny moments with uh, for each of the characters. Like they each had their own little charm for the little time that they had that they had to give to each other because of all the characters being on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James Gunn did good with that notion of being able to like carry the story along to that work even with these missions being one on top of the other just when you think they got far then they got a little bit of pushback but it's also like okay now we got this now we gotta go save this person got it now we go so like they still like for people who were set for a mission that they were never cause the one thing you always notice is like I didn't get to choose them I didn't get to pick them I didn't get to pick them so it's just like I think it, there was little subliminals that he put in there to give uh, an entire whole message of like hey you may not get to get pick your family or your whatever's but you guys can work together in your own ways, in your own special ways. And that's the same thing with them. That uh, What's-his-name wasn't a leader, and then Waller said, I'll make you one, and even that was the thing that ended up hurting her in the back, in the end. So mm-hmm. it's just like, he wasn't a leader, but he ended up becoming one. He didn't choose a team, but he, they ended up working well together, and look at that. They found each other some sort of, like, a, a special bond. So that works well for a team-up movie like that, Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what like I don't want to compare it too much to the other movie, but like fuck, as far as that one goes, like it's this one's a, a, this one is a way better way to introduce people to this this story, 
than these characters. This did a way better job. It was cohesive enough, simple enough to follow. I think it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is nice. I think it's something that, um, after a decade and a half of superhero movies almost, like, it's kind of nice to... You can change your pace. Yeah, that it doesn't... That we're back to it not being so serious again. Like, because even, even the Marvel shit, like, when you know it's a Marvel movie, even that, like, I get kind of old. It gets old because it's just kind of like I wish Marvel could take... the push the boundaries more in their, instead of playing it safe. So, I like that DC's doing that. Or at least trying to make something work. And I think this one works a lot better than the last shit I've seen them do, so... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Jack Schneider's uh, cut of Justice League. I don't know how it don't, is. Don't, dude. Just don't. It's not gonna be good. It's Zack Snyder! I don't know why Hollywood keeps giving him money. Stop giving him money. Stop. As a person, he, I'm sure he's a nice guy. My condolences to the shit he went through a couple years ago with his family. Other than that, like, fuck, dude. Like, he, you made 300. It was cool. Visually, fine. You're good at that. You're good at making movies look cool, and the team that you surround yourself with look cool. But get somebody else to write a movie for you. Mm. As far as visual direction, keep that motherfucker on or something as a consultant. He's good at that, at bringing visuals and shit. But man, don't give him all the money in the world to write a movie for you because he's just not going to be good. And then they gave it to somebody who's good at writing movies, and he wrote that. And it's not the best movie, but it's an entertaining movie. It's entertaining. I was entertained by it. I think people, if you're reluctant to spend money on it, maybe give it a month again and it'll be free. If, if you want to support the people because you like Pete Davidson, this isn't the movie for you because he's barely in it. Um, <laughs> and he was actually kind of annoying uh, in this movie, but if you like his comedy, like his stand-up, it's a little better. Watch him and support that. Uh, but like... If you like the the character, like those characters in, in the movie, or you like Margot Robbie and the Harley Quinn, and seeing how that's playing out as far as her character goes from all these, like, it's a good movie to carry on that shit. Like, I don't know, it's it, like you said before, it's gonna be a good entrance for the TV series that's coming out. It's yeah, it's good. Like Peacemaker. It's a like, nice yeah. little entrance. Like, yeah, like as far as having characters you can relate to or attach to themselves mm-hmm. as favorable ones, they you got plenty of them. Like, they did a good job. I mean, you got Idris Elba playing this fucking mercenary guy with the English accent, and his daughter is, like, from New York, apparently. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, sure. So it's like, I can suspend my, my belief with this movie. And I think they're good. Like, like Idris Elba playing... I like when he takes these roles that are not, like, so serious. I think it's... Because I like them in Luther a lot. It's a show on... It's a TV show. Like, he's really good in that. Mm-hmm. And to see him play, like... I guess this is like a, a comic book movie. It's kind of strange, and he's in it, and it's fine. And to see John Cena be an action figure Captain America, it was fine. To see a person who controls rats and make them all cute and cuddly mm-hmm. and, and able to take down a humongous starfish, this is for you. Like, this is a good ass. Like they did, a, he did a good job of making me be entertained by a galactic starfish wanting to take over the world by. Body snatching humans, yeah. brain snatching humans, brain essentially. Pretty much, yeah. In in fucking Venezuela or whatever the fuck they were. Cultural Maltese was like Cultural Maltese, some made up Hispanic country, like Latin American country that happens to have this humongous island fucking country. It was an island temple. So. 
Did you see that fucking temple that was just yeah. happened to be in the middle of the city harboring this fucking thing? No, everyone's like, yeah, it's just our old ancient gods keeping down this fucking thing. No, it's your government trying to hold this galactic starfish from taking over the world. Um, <laughs> any of the most awkward? Yeah. Like, what was your favorite scene? Like, if you pick out any scene from the film, what's your favorite? Rolling, I'll start, I'll start with you. What was like your favorite scene? Oh, I need to think about it. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, but Pico, what was like your favorite scene? Um, uh, I liked the Pete Davidson died. Uh, no, that's that's bad. Uh, that was actually fine because like his face got shot off. But like, no, I think my favorite part is the polka dots thing. Like he was when he when he was just like explained the the. Um, when he explained how, like, why he has to expel the, the polka dots from his yeah. body every day. And then everyone's like, and then they turn around and says, like, well, where's your mother now? And he's, and like, everywhere. And then we see how what he sees. That was cool. It was a nice way for us to, like, like I said, it's simple. He used simple story mechanics to for us to connect to each character that doesn't take long for us to like we don't need a fucking novel to explain to us who this character is we got it like he was an experiment unfortunately the person who ran the experiment would just happen to be his own mother and she wanted to create superheroes and this is like the downside of it or what it could be and it's cool that like we got we really saw his pain of what it was Mm -hmm. so it's like that's what made each character's like somewhat death be like that more impactful it's like I think that's where like the anti-hero becomes more of a favored character instead of the good the goody two shoes one, and that's why we like those more and we like to see the downfall of the goody two shoes who aren't really the goody two shoes, because those characters are more respectable because they are who they are, but when they do something that's unexpected, it means more than what the person who does who thinks the reputation of what they do is just something that's revered, but it's really not who they are themselves so I don't know like I said there, there's a lot of subliminals that he throws in in his movies and he wasn't holding back on this one too um, but yeah I feel like that one was my favorite one because it showed more depth than the character it was very easy yeah. very simple and easy like we saw the effects and it carried on in the story <laughs> yeah. it, it provided comedic relief but it was also done very nicely so like for a character with just polka dots, like people, that's what I liked. It's like, what the fuck does that do? And and yeah, it was cool. So it's like that's what I think. It's cool when you when you make a story, uh, uh, you make an enjoyable movie that you doesn't take itself seriously. You make you able to make little things like that stand out more. Simple, easy things stand out more. Makes a more entertaining movie than a movie that's trying to take itself way too seriously. Mm-hmm. So basically, anything that Jack Sex Iron makes. Yeah, to me, my favorite scene. Yeah, that's like, that's not bad. Um, like for me, like my favorite scene was pretty much when they were going after Rick Flag, and at first we thought, oh, they're going to his forces village, and all mm-hmm. and, like freaking the way they were like killing like the bad guys, and you see like freaking Peacemaker and freaking then Bloodsport yeah, having like a pretty much like a pissing contest, yeah. so you can kill the guys and stuff, and it's like to the point it's like blowtorching, like Bloodsport's like flamethrowing a guy, and do fall in the back and falls in the water, and. Just shooting with the darts, and all of a sudden they find out that, oh shit, it was a rebel force that took them in. They went over to the government, and it's like, and they're all looking like, 
I thought my man, the lady's like, I thought, the, I guess she was like the leader, and she's like, my people were supposed to inform me that you guys were coming, like, and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't see anybody, and they're all like dead and shit. Yeah. That was like the most, and then he had like this awkward oh, silence, and it's like, <laughs> like this awkward silence, like, like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And it's like, but it was kind of cool the way he was cutting everybody. I was like, what the heck? And freaking King Shark, man. Like, he was kind of like the group. Basically, because, you know, he always have very few basic human speech. And he's, like, learning and everything. Like, nom noms, like, food. And, mm-hmm. and he started right. learning Spanish. <laughs> That's why I'm learning Spanish. Like, see, like, no, now he's learning Spanish. Like, it's like, it's like, it's funny as heck. And then, like I said, and, oh, what was the other scene? And then we got to see Harley Quinn. Well, I like about Harley Quinn was, it's like, it's funny. She ends up, like, you know, even though she got mesmerized by this guy, but she never forgot, like, the mission. Like, she never forgot what she was there, to, what she was supposed to do. And she just, like, fucking killed. They had this whole little thing. I think I figured it out. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, your scene? Yeah. Okay, cool. When she like goes into the eyeball and like oh, literally yeah. goes into it. <laughs> she's swimming with the other rats. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. cool. And then she's like like it's fine with her, it's like then you see this whole like love like this like lovey dovey sequence between her and like I guess that time like the president. Oh yeah. And like she's all, he so so he shows her the, like the birds and the like and she has this like nice dress mm-hmm. and all and they end up doing it and stuff and it's like and then she's like oh boom yeah. she has to like stab at him it's that like one's good too. she didn't like because at first like she wasn't like mesmerized by him like first she was mm-hmm. mesmerized by him but she didn't forget that she was there on a mission and like she mm-hmm. kept her head pretty pretty much she wasn't like. Think about it, she wasn't as insane as she was in the first Suicide Squad film, but I think with Birds of Prey, it kind of like solidify her is like you know she's like an anti-hero pretty much. So I haven't seen Birds of Prey by her talk bad either, but she was like an anti-hero. And I think with this film, like it kind of brought up more of her. Like she never mentioned Mister J anymore. Mm-hmm. She never mentioned the Joker, and like she was like almost like her in person, but it's like, and she yeah. tells her like I'm not gonna be like you know. Being with somebody with a lot of red flags, because it's her. It her as soon as he heard like, oh, he wants to go like the populace and stuff. Like as soon as like they kind of hit a red flag with her, because she's like, she's basically like an antihero, but like she cares about other people. And and then the other thing was like her when she's like, she got captured and tortured, and all of a sudden she starts like killing everybody, and then she's the freaking flowers in the background kind of shows what she's seeing in her head. So that's probably thinking what it is, like what she's seeing in her head, and then she's stabbing a guy. First, we see the blood, but to her, she see like flowers coming <laughs> yeah, out. This is a freaking crazy. animated two D bird. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, and even in the background when she walks out the door, you can still see it. That was a nice. Touch. Like the flowers, that was a nice yeah. touch. Like it show, like he was just showing what's going on in her head, basically. That's why mm-hmm. like with James Gunn, like you said, like he pretty mm-hmm. much gave these little little bits of pieces of these characters just so you can relate to them, like. Ratcatcher too. She talked about her story, like how she yeah. got that Billy, how her he her dad, like pretty much did everything so they can survive together, and you know, and then she was all alone, and you know how the rats kept them food, like kept mm-hmm. them comfort and stuff. And like I said with Polka Dot Man, same thing with Bloodsport. You know, his daughter got arrested for shoplifting, and she could face jail time. And the reason why he has or to- murder. Hmm? Or get killed. Or get killed in prison, basically. Yeah. And while we're, like, threatening it, like, if he doesn't, like, 
comply and like freaking Waller, man. It's like, and like the, to me, the most redeeming factor is that like you know they decide oh we want to help these people. Like, the that starfish is freaking crazy though. That creepy starfish, man. I was like, and like little the, minions coming out of his arm. Oh my god, it's coming <laughs> out of the <laughs> armpit. Oh my god. Because supposedly it like latches on your face and controls you. It's all one mind. And it's crazy. And then we find out like it was the government. The American government is the one that found it. And they pretty much contracted the Corto Maltese to pretty much harness it, hover it. And then pretty much experiment on it and everything. So they could possibly use it as like a means to control people, basically. Because that's all it was. But that thing just wanted to be in space and survive. They just got captured. And they were experimenting for so long. Because first it was like a small thing. And then they just pretty much experimented so much to the point it got so like big and massive. Yeah. And and pretty much, you know, and the colors were crazy. It was like a good combination mm-hmm. of colors. And and yeah, it was pretty cool. Like you said, everyone know how far <laughs> could just go to the javelin. Just like jams its eye and the rats follow it. And it starts <laughs> filling up with like blood and shit. Because mm-hmm. all the rats start chewing at the nerve, the optic nerves and stuff. Because you kept thinking about the javelin, like, what am I supposed to do with this freaking javelin? Like, because the freaking, um, what to do? The javelin kept telling her, like, take this javelin or something. And he died. And he dies, and it's like, and she's trying to figure out what to do. Like, and they ask her, like, why you got this javelin? I don't know. I think God wants me to do something with it. Like, Jesus, whoever, all of them wants me to do something with it. And it was like in her head, like, what am I supposed to do with this? She started using it. And freaking Milton. Milton. <laughs> it's like who's Milton? It's like Milton. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, he's been up to us the whole time. It's like, oh, it's just funny as hell. And those freaking creepy jellyfish. At first, we thought they were cute. Oh, yeah. They forget piranhas and they start attacking King Shark. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but the fighting though between Flag and Peacemaker, dude. Oh my god, that was a good fight. That was a good Corey guy fight. Yeah, that was a really good Corey guy fight. And of course, guys, just to let you know, there are post credit. There is a post credit scene at the end after the credits. There was one mid credit scene to me that not. I don't know why he put. It. I think he did that just to throw people off. Fucking Weasel survives. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, guys, Weasel survives. So first, in the beginning of the movie, he drowns because they didn't know that he could swim or not. And and the and what was cool was we got to see a lot of Waller because in the first one it was just Waller, but you didn't see the people that worked around her. And that's one thing I did like about James Gunn. He had all the people, all the people that were working underwater, and all of a sudden, she gets her ass knocked out because um, you know they decide you know the remaining you know many members of the Suicide Squad they wanted to help the people, wanted to help the city, and of course, Wall was threatening to blow them up because, like I said, they had the bombs in their heads, and somebody finally, somebody pretty much boom bashes her in with a pole, and they tell them, you know, what, we're going to save these people because you know. And like I said, the hard drive has like the like the evidence, and we find out the you know, peacemaker was the backup plan for Waller to try to get that hard drive and pretty much keep that under wraps, probably keep it as a cover up. And what's cool about it is, you know, at least Bloodsport got to use that drive to the advantage as like a means as like pretty much leverage. Um, but other than that, like other than that, the choreography, the fight choreography, the visuals were really great. Um, the music score was phenomenal. Like I would say to me. You know, I haven't seen the DC film in a while, and to me, I enjoy the DC film. Because for me, with DC, like, I'm more tied to, like, Batman, you know, that universe. Um, and pretty much more the animated universe as well. Because I started watching Harley Quinn as well, and that's a really good show, too. Um, I'm about to finish season two of Harley Quinn. I can't wait for season three, but overall. Overall, what would you give this rating for this film? Like, over, like, 10 stars, what would you give it? 
<laughs> what's your pros? What's your cons? So it's always like pros and cons when it comes to rating. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I know it's very fine to find hard to find any fault. No, I mean, no, I mean, there's, there's probably falls. some small there's ones, falls. but not it's big. Oh man, it's not a perfect movie. Uh, what would you give rank rating wise? Like, I'll give it a six. A six out of ten? Yeah, I, I would give it a six out of ten only because, uh, and it's nothing. I, there's two reasons. One, not because it hits anything against them. Uh, I just thought it was too long. It had like five endings, uh, and, and I understand why. But like overall, seeing it, I, I thought it was way too long. Um, because I could have done without that first part. Because mm-hmm. like the the older the other people the other characters were used really it didn't really do anything to the plot other than like it was just kind of like a gotcha moment. Mm-hmm. So which is fine, but also like yeah. Like I thought it had, any, I thought it was gonna do more with what the story was gonna be playing out. Yeah. And looking back, it didn't have anything to do with this, so I could have been dumb. I, I would have been fine without it, because like, think Michael Rooker was useless in this movie. Pete Davidson was useless in the movie, only to say that part, right? Um, Weasel and he wasn't completely useless because he was on the after credit, but he to me, I didn't understand his character whatsoever. Why he was there for comedic relief too, but. Like it's not. I I just think that um, if it had a more of a cohesive story, it would have been nice. But um, it was entertaining. Characters are likable, easy to get, easy to understand. The action was fine. Um, I think it helped that it was gory, but it was done. It was done for a purpose. Each scene was very nicely made. The the effects were cool. it it also was it also helped kind of provide a more a, a good scenic background for each character too of the with their respective personalities and what they brought to the table. They each were very unique. Um, they yeah they all got a quip at each of each other's powers, but it was nice. It, it was sensible, um, and I think he made it the movie fun. For the, the I just wish it wasn't as long. I, I wish it wasn't that long of a movie, but. Maybe he had to. It had to be that long to tell the whole story. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, we had like two or three different bad guys. It was first the Courts of Maltese army, and then it was the fucking starfish being the ultimate thing to be worried about. Which is fine. You should have these in the superhero movies. It's kind of expected. Um, but that's what sucks about it because that's what's expected. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had different things to, and then we have Waller being menacing as always. But it was also cool because we. She was also being another person you could be mad at too, which was her, that's her whole point of her character. And, and Viola Davis, as always, just a fucking magnificent actor, and any and anything she does, she's just incredible. So like, seeing her and Drew Elbow, that one, that's another scene I really liked. When he when she called about the daughter, and he went and put her knife, and she like stand down. That oh, shit was yeah. powerful as fuck. Yeah. Those were two awesome like Oscar fucking nominated actors and winners, fucking. Showing your chops or why they're there. That's why they got paid to be there. And I think that was a scene that was like, damn, man. It's funny that they're in a movie like this that they're able to still show why they're, they're actors or why they're talented if people didn't see that before. So I like that. My only cons was like, yeah, it was too long. And I think a better a better story. I mean, the starfish thing was funny, but it's just kind of like kind of the whole big bad thing coming from space is kind of overdone for me. Um, and I think that's why it has nothing to do against the characters it's just mm-hmm. the big bad that he chose to use and that it was just too long and that 
and the fact that it's still not against them in this particular go around but the fact that this wasn't the first thing that was put into production as opposed to the thing with Zack Snyder if that was a race for my memory, then I would give it, like, a 7. Mm-hmm. At least. But I had to give it a 6 because of that. And it has nothing to do with against them, personally. It's just that I like the characters so much. Like, the whole story of the Suicide Squad in itself. That it sucks that I had to go through this to, in order to do it. Like, I wish this was released on a bigger scale. and Maybe I would have enjoyed it better. Maybe. Like, it just sucks that under these limitations that had to be made like this maybe it would have been better it's like how remember wolverine got a do-over i wish that this was the original instead of having to do a do-over because that would have been way better with this one yeah instead of using jared leto as the joker <laughs> like did we see joker having to be in this no and it was fine no i like for a fact with heart and they could still throw him in they can throw him somebody else to play the joker in the next one if they want to but, like, it's cool. That's what I mean. It's like, now they can do that if they want to instead of giving us Joker Jared Leto and it's sucking. So, it's just like, great, man. You ruin a fucking other character. But, like, that's what I mean. It's like, it's it's no fault to their own. It just happened to be something to play off of a bad juju. So, yeah, six. I'm like, I want to be nicer. <laughs> but it's just, it was too long for me. So, yeah. Okay. So I'll give it a six. Oh, but watch you? it. Yeah. I think it was entertaining. Watch it. How about you, Roland? What would you give it? Probably the same, just because I don't... I haven't seen any of the other ones, so I don't have any context. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't really have that much to say about picking a rating. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So, see, even as a person who hasn't seen it with fresh face, it's like, oh, yeah, I can... Yeah, I think it was, like, a little too ridiculous for me, but I know that that's, like, one of the things that people like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good word for this movie. It's ridiculous <laughs> and and that's what makes it entertaining. Yeah. Um, for me, I would actually would give like a 7. Um, I mean, compared to the first film, yeah, it'll be higher than that. Compared to the previous film, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of felt, yeah, like it was, it dragged off for two hours and like the story, like I said, the whole story was based, but to me it's like yeah, it was like it kind of like he like James Gunn gave me like so many twists with it and like like you said with the villains and you know at first it was title cards all that yeah like, all the little touches were like those strong cards basically it's like you had first it was like and like I said um first it was like the government like those guys those two guys which honestly one of them didn't last that long and then um then of course it ended up being like you said it ended up being the starfish and then also and Waller becoming the person you want to hate the most. Um, but I enjoyed the score. I mean, the choreography and the visuals were great. And like I said, the characters had like this great chemistry, and you know, the chemistry between Peacemaker and freaking uh, Bloodsport was really great. Um, uh, you know, I love to see Harley Quinn do what she does, and you know, I love that about her. Like she did what she did, like great job. Um, like I said to me, like I said, it kind of dragged too long. And the only thing I didn't hate was for the fact that you get all you, you introduce these other characters, all mm-hmm. for them to die in the first nine minutes of the film, which to me was hilarious, like ridiculous. That, like you said, this whole film was pretty much ridiculous, and uh, didn't give you enough time to pretty much appreciate for them being there and being underutilized and just as this cannon fodder. But it's like I don't know. It's James Gunn to me. 
got took what he did and pretty much gave like his vision of what it should be portrayed as. And like I said, that's why I, I you know, compared to the first one, I gave it a seven. Yeah. So that was, to me, like I said, to me it was like yeah, like if it was two hours too long, and it like I got more connected with Harley Quinn than the other character, like the basically the rest of them. But not enough with the other characters. To me, I felt they were underutilized. We didn't see much more of their abilities. Yeah. Too much. And to me, that was kind of like... You know, he kind of like pulled the rug from under us, basically. And like I said, try to wipe off the ugly taste of the Zack Snyder DC universe, basically. Yeah, I mean, that was a good way to do it. Definitely. I think, that, think that's quite to me what it was. Yeah, as much as it could have been a negative. that's uh, It turned the negative in a positive in a little way by killing them off right away, too, right? You know, like it was like him like saying, "Oh, don't get attention, guys," and that's what it was. That's that's why they're called Suicide Squad, yeah. Because that's what they're in. They're getting sent to do that, and like I said, sometimes I don't make it. But overall, I do like I said, I do recommend you guys check out the film, check it out in theaters, check it out on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max for like a month, and then check it out in theaters as well. Um, make sure to pick up the comic books. I think Jim Lee did like a little commemorative picture of the Suicide Squad. He did like a commemorative photo of it. I think so far just I read like Friday made about $26.5 million in the box office on Friday. So it's going on pace but definitely um, definitely check it out guys um, when you have an opportunity. Um, You can check out the other DC shows. Like I said I'm watching Harley Quinn season. Check out the DC Harley Quinn show which is kind of hilarious. Kind of pushes the boundaries of Pretty much, you know, it's Harley Quinn, but it's like pushing the boundaries, like of what the the heroes and the villains do, and that shows like a lot of cussing, a lot of jokes in there, and you get to see King Shark in there all day. He's played by Ron Funches, which is hilarious. Um, JB Smooth does the voice of the plant. Um, Lake Bell is the voice of Poison Ivy. And Kelly Kuhu, who you've seen her as the flight attendant, she's the voice of Harley Quinn. Um, Jason Alexander was in there as well. Um, and you get to see these other obscure Batman villains like Condiment King and freaking Kite Man. And so it's like, and you get to see like the other rogues guy like Two Face, Joker, Penguin, Mister Freeze. So you get to see them as well. Like Stu Thor, played by Gina Carano, So you get to see them. But like I said, check out Suicide Squad playing in theaters on HBO Max. Um, that will do it for this week. Um, you can follow the podcast on. Twitter at Pop Talking. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Talking Pop. Um, check us out our backlog of episodes on Spotify, Google, Anchor, Apple, Audible, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our podcast outlets. Um, you can follow me on Twitch on twitch.tv slash Fanchise685. I am the Casual Gamer. You can follow JRPGs. Um, you can check out our merch at spring.com search for talking pop we got shirts we got tank tops we got hoodies um we work i mean i'm we're gonna work on design soon some new designs so we'll get those up so thank you so much for joining me we'll check you guys again on this coming saturday this is a special sunday edition of the podcast but normally you'll catch us on a regular date on saturdays now so like i said thank you so much as always geek on and take care